This is podcast number 304 uh, in a rather uh, rapid um, sense of... Uh, of inspiration that I seem to have received, especially while exercising, but also while being involved in a most positive and uh, imputing and encouraging and even joy-providing way with City of Destiny Church uh, in Apopka, Florida, this new cast came to me, as it were, dans un rêve. It came in a dream, and I'd like to... uh, say that it's entitled Speed Bump, and the opening music was by Greg Townsend, his uh, his uh, track entitled Speed Bump. Greg Townsend is now one of the leading spirits of the admired group Los Straitjackets, and uh, his influence on their current output is obvious, and I love Speed Bump. Now, the... Uh, uh, theme is the richness and necessity and the kind of um you might call it really theology of the cross um affirmation that lies within the speed bumps of our lives and i want to try to speak as personally as possible about this theme it's a theme that is so painful and yet so rich and ultimately so uh, hope uh, enhancing or hope engendering that um uh, it, it's really worth looking at without being either overly cerebral or sort of um, a little too accepting sometimes of suffering. Let me try to tread the right way. Let me also say, speaking of treading the right way, that the Reverend Paul Walker, who for many years was the chairman of the board of Mockingbird and uh, is a tremendous hero of mine and someone I truly love and admire as much as anyone in the church in my whole life. Paul um, came into play in an article just released yesterday, which was the uh, 2nd of July, on uh, the living, sorry, the Episcopal News Service, the lead story in which his responses to the continuing and uh, almost um, changing daily controversy over the statute of General Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville, which has occasioned so much pain and fracas and difficulty and hurt and trouble in recent years. Uh, Paul is interviewed in the lead article on the Episcopal News Service, and he just comes across as so sagacious and so wise and a person of such goodwill and so balanced and yet definite in his view and uh, in his perspective and in his pastoral care and and yet also a listener. Uh, It's just a rather remarkable, and to me, um, I didn't expect it, treatment of Paul's own response to this tremendous wound that has existed now for years, and especially in the last three in uh, in Paul's ministry. It's a great blessing for Christchurch Charlottesville, for Mockingbird, which is headquartered there, and especially it, uh, uh, it has great... Um, um, pictures, a great regard, great uh, entitled estimation for the rector, uh, Paul uh, Nelson Walker. Now, talk about a speed pump. <clears throat> now, the um, the brief uh, kernel of what I'd like to say, and it will also conclude with, um, with uh, another Greg Townsend track entitled Woo Hoo Holly Wop, um, which is another instrumental and I think inspired uh, rock, uh, somewhat rockabilly, but lyrical uh, instrumental. 
The theme is the speed bumps of our lives. And a speed bump is when you, especially in some kind of a nice neighborhood uh, or a residential neighborhood, where for all sorts of reasons, and at best for the sake of children, cars are... um, are slowed down by a bump in the road, a raised surface from the tarmac, which causes the car to to really wreck if it uh, goes too quickly over the speed bump. And uh, the speed bump is there to kind of pause and make us reflect uh, and drive more slowly. Uh, And in life, speed bumps are um, when you... um, Come, your life appears to be on a fairly uh, even keel or going on a fairly straight line towards whatever it is that you are attempting to achieve or <laughs> find or <clears throat> receive or experience, and uh, you hit a bump that uh, almost breaks up the entire uh, car and separates the engine from the chassis and uh, just destroys uh can literally simply stop you straight in your tracks, like running into a tree or a telephone pole might, or a bridge abutment. And um, this uh, is in Christian experience, almost always the place where God is able to work. Why? Because he upsets your own sense of who you were or what you were attempting to achieve or accomplish, and you're suddenly um, stopped dead in your tracks by an impediment, an obstacle, the speed bump. And uh, if you're... um, if you're able, and usually you simply have no choice, you, you're in the hospital for three weeks, or you're in a divorce proceeding, or you, you get a, a terrible letter handed to you, or you're fired for um, an infraction or some unfairness, or simply because you were doing a terrible job, <clears throat> and you don't, um, you, you're simply stopped, you're dead in the water, and that speed bump causes you to, um, to, uh, to reflect on what your values have been that that would have allowed you to <clears throat> be so heedless that you <clears throat> that the course you were on proved to be um, not guaranteed and not a straight line, and so you reflect, what did I do wrong? Now the trouble is, many people when they run into a speed bump just try to start the car again and move along in the same path until they hit another speed bump, and then they try to do the same, and maybe because of their own genes or or their own resources or their own particular situation are able to um, start over again and move ahead, and it may be five or six speed bumps. That's certainly true with DUIs uh, when people are out alcoholics it can take several it can take a lot to get a person to reflect on his addiction uh, or her pattern whatever it is uh, and so um, speed bumps sometimes come in multiples sometimes many of them but ideally one speed bump should be the place where you say oh my gosh what was I what was I what was I doing now look at look at your life just for a second just think back whether you're 35 or 25 or um, 65. Have there been any speed bumps? What, what what were they? What what was the main speed bump? I immediately can think of one just like that. I'm sure that my wife Mary could think of several. They probably have to do with me as much as with anyone else because a speed bump is often delivered through the through the through a child of yours. That that's the speed bump that knocks you flat. Uh, something that's happening, something undertaken by a child of yours, or or a husband or a wife. The speed bump is delivered by a sudden terrible reversal in your marriage, um, some incident that occurs, or you you know exactly what I'm talking about, or. Um, 
a speed bump can be uh, a, a professional catastrophe <clears throat> or a lawsuit or, in fact, a crime that you didn't realize was a crime or you didn't think of as a crime, but it was, or at least it's now regarded as, and you're having to pay a penalty, your reputation, whatever it is. Uh, speed bumps, w w what, what would you say the speed bump was? Now, look back for just a second. And I would say the best speed bumps that you can uh, enumerate if you find yourself thinking about one or two is the one that caused you to sort of take stock of your, um, of your entire uh, direction. What is the old uh, saying in Eastern religion? Um, if you keep going where you're going, you'll end up where you were headed. Or if you keep if you keep on going where you were headed, you'll end up there, uh, unless a speed bump comes. And the speed bump told you, oh my gosh, you know, I was really off course here. Something was wrong. I thought I was onto the to the answer, but I, I have to re-examine. And that is the essence of the uh, Christian experience of life. Uh, and what <clears throat> we find, whether it's in Luther and the Leipzig Disputation, the Disputation, the Disputation, or whether it's in uh, St. Paul and the, in the, uh, in, um, the uh, Thorn of the Flesh, or whether it's in the uh, story of uh, Joseph, you know, the thing that you intended for ill, God intended for my good, <clears throat> whether it's the um, coronavirus or the uh, uh, r racial um, disparities and uh, anguishes of the context in which we are living, separations of friends, separations of former colleagues, separations of, you know, you name it, um, you stop and you say, oh my gosh, what, what went wrong? And the best thing is always to turn that into a prayer. Lord, I thought I was right. I honestly did. I Forgive me, because I obviously wasn't. It's not, it's not that I can prove it rationally that I wasn't, or irrationally that I wasn't, but facts have come to light. My experience has shown me that something was wrong. This would never have happened if something hadn't been wrong. So show me what it is that was wrong, and help me to, well, I guess the old word is profit from it, but rather help me to understand my life in terms of this, and perhaps switch the balance of my weight, the, the emphasis uh, um, move me from one compartment to another. Let, let, the, let, let me get back on the horse in the right kind of way, because I think I was probably way over to the left, uh, and uh, that caused this, uh, this speed bump. Uh, anyway, I'm being told something. What is it? Now, um, I've talked to you about our mutual friend recently, the uh, remarkable novel, which I was foolishly, completely unaware of at Quay, It's Reality, by Dickens. Our Mutual Friend, and then the 1998 uh, BBC television series of it, which is really very fine. But then <clears throat> Mary suggested, why don't we, now that we have BritBox, why don't we look at the, um, at the Colin Firth uh, um, um, production of Pride and Prejudice, the sort of the definitive modern uh, incarnation of the great novel by Jane Austen. Why don't we look at that again? I think we'd seen it, both of us had seen it twice. We're tremendous fans of the um, 1980s uh, version with Timothy Dalton of Jane Eyre. We think that's the best of all the Jane Eyres that we've seen, and I, I think we've seen a number of them. We're great fans, obviously, of the uh, Our Mutual Friend, and certainly Brideshead Revisited from 1981 strikes me as being in a class by itself. <clears throat> so we sat and decided to watch it again. I'm always a little nervous about Jane Austen because I have an in inevitably false, I mean, I have, well, unfounded prejudice against Jane Austen as kind of a, a girly, a writer of girly novels, and um, 
sort of girls' fiction, and which is unfair. There's a slight element of truth in it. I don't think I'd ever have read Jane Austen unless I'd been actually forced to or asked to or invited to or made to. But <clears throat> I, I was <clears throat> wrong in large part. And Rudyard Kipling, by the way, helped um, re-clothe um, uh, Jane Eyre. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Jane Austen for me in his short story, The Janeites. You must read it. The Janeites, a really powerful story about World War I and Jane Austen. But in any event, so I decided, yes, I, that, I remember that was so well. So let's watch it with um, that wonderful actress with the last name I can't pronounce, E-H-L-E, and then Colin Firth and others. Let's watch that um, that magical Pride and Prejudice. And so we have, and we came to the key scene when Darcy uh, asks in a very um, misguided and uh, really blustery and, and um, unfortunate, conflicted manner, but his heart is all in it, asks um, Elizabeth Bennet to uh, marry him, and it, it fails. But it primarily fails because she holds against him. She has prejudice against Darcy, who is, quote, proud in her mind, and he is more insecure than proud, as we learn, but nevertheless comes across as proud and, and holier than thou, but he's really not, in, in fact, except in terms of an insecurity that dogs him. But he is asked, he, he is rejected by her very, very forcefully and with tremendous spirit, obviously drawing great respect and further love from him. She rejects his suit because he has both done an injustice to her sister in relationship to a a wonderful man who almost married uh, Elizabeth Bennet's sister, and uh, he has done a great injustice to a man in whom Elizabeth herself was quite interested, named uh, Wickham. And um, he, this uh, scene in which he proposes to her ends catastrophically. It is the, the worst possible, even in Regency England, where everything's supposed to be so measured and uh, fine and sort of Georgian and, and, and uh, in, in stability and Quibility. The scene ends in a horrible uh, confrontation that ends badly for both parties, as badly as it could possibly go. And uh, he then goes home and writes a letter in which he explains to his now um, having rejected him would-be fiance. He uh, explains himself in relationship to the two things that she so powerfully and viscerally and from her point of view very rightfully holds against him and she gets the letter he just hands it to her somewhere and leaves doesn't put her in the position of having to read it on the spot of course and she does go home and read it and she she gets she's very angry as she reads it but the thing that, that's so powerful is she comes to realize as she hears the true account his account of what happened with Mr. Wickham and to a lesser extent to what happened with her sister, which is a little more complex, but comes out all right. She realizes that she was wrong. She realizes she was fundamentally wrong in her prejudice. That's why it's called Pride and Prejudice against Mr. Darcy. She's mistaken. She's mistaken about the fact. She, she had a paradigm. She had a narrative, which she had jumped to based upon a superficial, but understandable uh, reaction to his persona in public and this uh, paradigm or narrative she had placed on him and she had completely misunderstood and mischaracterized the fundamental thing that uh, she had thought was true about him and she realizes she, she was completely wrong and she consults a few other people who know the man and she realizes oh my gosh I have been so wrong and she says it she says for the first time this is after some days have gone by and she's reflecting on the letter and she's talked it over to somebody else who sort of knows the facts of what Mr. Darcy was attempting to to clarify, and to say the least, and uh, um, she realized, she says, I've, I never really knew myself. 
I realize now that I've been, I had a prejudice against this man and I misjudged him. And she actually did misjudge him. And she resolves her entire life hits a speed bump. In other words, she's so sure of herself and she's wonderful. She's absolutely the most powerful, extremely, emphatically terrific person um, that you've ever seen in your life. And uh, once I, I, Mary got very upset with me when we were courting quite a long while before we were married, and she got so upset with me about mistreating someone else whom she cared for that she actually took me by the collar and shook me and said, if you ever do that again, I will never talk to you again. I, I mean, it was I, I couldn't believe it. Here was this person that I thought was one thing, and she proved to have tremendous fire when she just came back at me with, literally, she shook me in my place. And I said, oh my gosh. Now, of course, that built the love, right? Speed bump. Well, speed bump here for Elizabeth is to realize that she is, she is really, um, she thinks more highly of herself and her judgments than she ought to. Similarly, however, Darcy, who's failed in such a conspicuous way, such a humiliating way, and such a hurtful way to him, he's rejected completely by the woman he loves for all sorts of reasons, some of which are very understandable, to say the least, and he, he goes off and he, he really resolves to be a better man. He, he, part of him, he resolves never to be this unhappy again, <clears throat> but he also um, resolves to be... Uh, he resolves to do better. He, he becomes a better man. And so when, by sheer providential chance, Elizabeth Bennet meets Mr. Darcy at his vast country house called Pemberley by mistake, by sheer accident, obviously it's in the hands of God from my point of view, he is a better man. He not only, she brings to him a rather repentant but unstated um, but implied uh, view to her own false judgments of this fundamentally good man, and he is deeply uh, humiliated by his own, um, um, what came across as arrogance and pride, and he has obviously something has happened in him. He's hit a speed bump and is a different man, and this uh, chance visit at Pemberley um, sets the stage for the very remarkable, happy, and absolutely credible resolution of two people who are in fact meant to be married and lifelong together. It's an extraordinary um, picture of a speed bump that causes both a proud woman who actually was a prejudiced woman and a proud man who was um, quite autocratic in appearance and he's humbled. They're both humbled and from their having been humbled by the speed bump of, the, of this uh, terrible confrontation. You really got to see it. It's episode four. <clears throat> it's episode four. You can, you can get it, actually. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think it's free, but it's episode four of the Colin Firth, uh, uh, Frau Ehle, E-H-L-E uh, version of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, the speed bump results in a mammoth turning, and this is why I wanted to talk to you about it. I hope that the speed bump, for example, it could be the coronavirus, good Lord, for clergy. This has been the speed bump of a ministry. I mean, this is the speed bump of a ministry. And here, with the coronavirus and with, um, with uh, the racial emut, um, the, the, the rioting and the self-examination and the tremendous recriminations that have come because of um, George Floyd, you have 
in addition to all that, Paul Walker <laughs> gets interviewed about a major speed bump in his ministry that had nothing to do, well, it had something to do with the second, but it, that happened earlier. So he's got, he's got speed bumps coming out of every window, and look how he responds, a speed bump that creates this massive sense of authority with which the article in the Episcopal News Service, which in my opinion is not necessarily particularly two-sided or it's not it's not it's, it's a rather one-sided uh, coverage of church news um, vaunts paul's very honest and real and accurate responses to a very very difficult situation um powerfully so good lord i wish i'd ever in my entire life would have gotten anything like the positive glow that paul has derived from this outstanding interview that they had with him over the phone down there. So I just say to you, speed bump, schmeed bump, or rather speed bump, speed bump. This is the way to health. Paula said something about this recently. You almost always, the great changes in your life are as a result of a, of a blow or a humbling. And I think that this is something that you might look at even in light of the most recent speed bump you've had. And I've had Lord knows my share, but I feel very encouraged uh, by the speed bump, uh, which I've just talked to you about, and especially that of uh, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.